Mikey, no, no, Mikey, that was so not right. Mikey, <laughs> what was that? You need to reinstate the lap before, that's not right. Toto? Yes. It's called a motor race, okay? Sorry? We went car racing. What a season. Before you even get to process it, you see Max crossing the finish line and you're like, wait, no way, man. What just went on? They, for some reason, did a very weird mix and match of the rules. Ultimately, Lewis deserved to win that race. Yes, he was robbed of a race win. But Max absolutely deserved to win the championship. Verstappen has to buy Nicholas Latifi something. I mean, at least a car, a Rolex, something. I called it. I did call it last time. I said Ferrari would finish third. Yeah, ladies, if your guy is a Ferrari fan, that's it. Just marry him because if he's still a Ferrari fan, then he's not going to leave. <laughs> this is terrible advice. <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of All About Sports, the podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, let's do a quick reminder of last week's episode. We talked about esports, its overall overlap, uncomfortable overlap with more with other sports that we think of, more traditional sports, so to speak, some of the tension between those two, its involvement going forward in the Asian games and how it's sort of growing overall. So we go a little bit into the history, a little bit into the future. Pretty exciting episode, it got kind of heated, so do make sure to check that one out. But with that, let's get into this week's episode. For those of you who listen to our podcast, you know whenever we have who's on, who's uh, on our podcast, he is our F1 correspondent, our F1 expert. So you know we're going to be discussing F1, a super, super exciting season. Uh, as a quick reminder, I'm Rishabh Krishnan. We have another host today, Mazhar, on the podcast. So what's up, Maz? Hey, guys. And of course, Fuz. What's up, what's up? Good to see you again. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. So before we get into F1, we have a lot to cover. It's all about the, you know, the latest season that just concluded. Max Verstappen winning a super tight season, super controversial finish. Before we get into all that, Muz, we have some news. We cover a bunch of different sports. We have some news outside of the F1 world that we did want to share. Muz, what's been happening? Thanks, Krishnan. So this, I was waiting to say this so badly. <laughs> I've been waiting for it before the start of the season, in fact. Stephen Curry. I, I think he's been waiting for it for a while too. He's shot like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but look at his percentage this season. Oh my God, from three. It's absurd. But yeah, so Stephen Curry, we all, <laughs> for those of you who cannot watch, Fuzz just did an air three Swish. action, a switch action, which somehow he missed. Really a switch action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow. <laughs> somehow he missed. <laughs> But yeah, so coming back, so Stephen Curry, all-time leader in three-pointers made. He overtook the great Ray Allen. Unbelievable moment. And what? He has so many years left. I think he's going to hit 4,000, isn't he? At this rate. He's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. He's shooting, what, 42% from three this season. I don't know how he's second in that MVP race. I don't know how KD's first. Firstly, it should be Jokic, if at all, if you're going purely by stats-wise. Because Jokic is literally leading in every stat line in comparison to KD. But that's for another day. So, yeah, congratulations, Steph. You are the chef. You are the greatest and uh, shooter in the NBA all-time. And keep it going, man. That's so. That's really exactly like you said, Marz. It's so insane. The guy is short. 
and 74 i guess now it's more obviously um threes for his career he's a 42% three point shooter that's insane for a, that's a pretty good percentage for a game it's a pretty darn good percentage if you had that in a game so phenomenal phenomenal performance i'm so glad he got the monkey off his back cuz he was taking some he was obviously chasing it towards the end everyone knew that and he was shooting pretty terribly very honestly in the games leading up to it but but glad he was able to get that monkey off the back and cool that we got to witness uh, another piece of sporting history but with that let's get into our f1 episode what a season that just concluded an absolute thriller of a season last race in abu dhabi controversy after controversy starting on lap 1 lewis hamilton goes off track no direction to give the lead to verstappen lewis hamilton continues on looks pretty much he's pretty much coasting it looks like he's got his you know a, a good amount of space between him and verstappen he's looking good they were obviously tied on points going into the race sure enough something crazy was you know we didn't expect anything crazy to happen i think pretty much everyone at red bull was praying for that Nicholas Latifi crashes with 5 laps to go. I mean, Verstappen has to buy Nicholas Latifi something. I mean, at least a car, a Rolex something. I mean, it's ridiculous. He crashes. Verstappen pits right in time. Safety car comes out. A lot of people are thinking the safety car might just close out the race. Initial FIA direction, no unlapping of cars between the two racers between Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. reverse the decision from a bunch of yelling coming their way from red bull and mercedes reverse that decision allow the cars to unlap but only the cars between max and lewis theoretically the rule states that you have to allow everyone to after the unlapping is done you have one more lap and then only the safety car comes in that would have meant that it would just the race would have closed out on a safety lap lewis hamilton wins michael masi wanting to make it an exciting race says screw it just the cars in between them unlap pull out the safety car was tapped on fresh tires from then it was history basically lewis hamilton to some extent didn't couldn't really do much after that point with um his tire condition versus lewis versus was tapped he wasn't able to pit before the safety car who's i got to go to you first insane last race what are your thoughts what is hamilton drop yeah honestly i enjoyed that so much like it was one of the best races of the season i mean you didn't unfortunately we didn't often get to see a ferrari on the podium and easily the highlight of the race easily the highlight of the race this you were the only person saying that's the highlight of the race <laughs> i the i, I second fuzel on that one the highlight of the race Carlos Sainz, man. What a drive! What a legend. Where's, where's, what a drive. Where's Bottas? Where's Perez? Where's <laughs> where's the where are the McLarens? I don't see the McLarens from third position in the constructors. <laughs> I called it. I did call it last time. I said Ferrari would finish finish third. Um, I don't think Benuto was talking about his drivers after that. Which <laughs> Benuto was talking about about Enfield. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Before sorry to cut you off as midway, but. I still have to say this. Our experts seem to always get it right. Fast said Max will win the championship and Ferrari will finish third. Shout out to Fast. He got it right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a bit touch and go there for a while, but yeah, I'm happy I got it right at the end. Um but yeah, okay, all jokes aside, yeah, I think it was an incredible race like I think that race kind of summed up the season. I mean not even that race that those last 5 laps summed up the season because it's been, you know, one unexpected thing after after another. Um 
Lewis Hamilton 11 seconds clear like you know at that point i guess like half the people would have turned off the tv and just you know gone back to bed i mean at least the people on the west coast um but uh, it's just like through a spanner in the works and mick schumacher um pushes latifi out wide latifi crashes into a wall and there's a safety car like i did say the night before the race like you know max is starting on the softs and uh, hamilton on mediums i think it was like very clearly advantage hamilton and i said it's going to take a very opportune safety car for max to you know to put a dent in this race otherwise i think it's going to go towards lewis and what i meant by that was like max gets an uh, opportune early safety car or something where he manages to pit while keeping track position so you know so that puts him on level footing this is not what i expected this is like by far and away not even close to what i expected so yeah insane so yeah just to rehash safety car with a few laps to go they cleared the car the rule does say that all lapped cars are allowed to pass the safety car and unlap themselves and the safety car goes in the one lap after that is allowed to happen uh they for some reason did a very weird mix and match of the rules which i don't quite get like i don't under- i mean i get why it was done i guess the purpose of it was so the race does not end under the safety car i think lewis so yeah so i think ultimately lewis deserved to win that race yes he was robbed of a race win but max absolutely deserved to win the championship that is that is all like i take i take away from that yes lewis on the day was the better driver he was very very clear of verstappen verstappen did not have anything in his arsenal to you know come back at him no not enough pace you know not good enough pace um lewis lewis had should have taken it on the day but it is what it is and I think out of all that Checo is a freaking legend. Some of the best teamwork, the best defense I've seen in a very very long time. Like I think Red Bull played that part of their strategy to a T. Like it was flawless. So even that I think they are pretty like this is what I heard these are conspiracy theories because we don't actually know. Um I heard that uh, they start they underfuel Checo's car. at the start of the race because so they have a max a max limit for fuel they can only put 110 kg of fuel in that's the maximum but they can underfuel as much as they want as long as you know they can finish the race and have one lap left over fia rules and all that ps um so they can underfuel as much as they like to so i i believe like that that I, i would like to believe this this is this is a theory that i read about that they underfuel checo's car just so he has a better better launch off the line he has you know a better first few laps and that's why they retired his car at the end of the before the end of the race because he ran out of fuel and they've still not given us a reason about why that happened so i would like to believe that's true and if if it is it's a i think it's a stroke of genius like they like they worked their plan very well but it they still kind of lucked out at the end it's you a know. great perspective fools because you know yeah. so many people are focusing on that last race but it, yeah. that's a great perspective of thinking you know, over the season yeah. it's hard to say that max wasn't the better driver and deserved the championship yeah. for the entire season it's hard not to it's hard to argue that mas i got to get you in here last race what were your thoughts man two things that fuzel mentioned and i i didn't even think about one more conspiracy theory i'm going to add to this Who spoke to Michael Massey to make sure his prediction was right right before the? <laughs> no, no, not that, not that. Mick Schumacher was like, "I'm not letting this guy tarnish my father's legacy." 
Nicola, you are going to take the blame for it, but I'm going to yeah. be the guy who will push it. And <laughs> no one's talking about that. Honestly, I forgot that Mick was the one who actually forced him wide and then left Latifi with like no option. Actually, no, Latifi had a lot of options. Yeah, he also went, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, the only, let's, let's face it, I don't want to say it, but I'm not going to translate that one for our international friends. You can just ask me separately. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, and, and the second point, um, I think that you mentioned bending of the rules. We understand why it happened. But again, rules are there not to be broken right in sport yeah. at the end of the day that they're, they're there for a reason as much as we may not like it it feels like they literally did this for to have like the dream ending to drive to survive for the new season uh, it just felt like that and yeah. that's my issue with it and and especially with all the commotion like you krishnan you pointed out where the team radios on these guys are red bull and mercedes are hounding michael massey to know what's going on what's going to happen what's going to happen and he says clearly that they can't lap them and then suddenly in literally half a lap we see max side by side with lewis and they are like oh yeah now you can go you can go and then you can hear everyone saying come on come on and honor just screaming everywhere just seem like Wait, what? It, it, we didn't get time to process it. Next thing we see is Lewis showing some incredible defense for the first 78 seconds and then bam, before we know it, this guy's clear. And then before you even get to process it, you see Max crossing the finish line and you're like, wait, no way, man. What just went on? For the neutral, like Fuss said, it was a gem and it was a dream to end like this. And forget about Drive to Survive bringing back excitement to Formula 1. I don't remember the last time I enjoyed a race so much. There was so much to fight for. There was so much going on. The middle of the pack, no one's talking about that, but the race had a lot of very, very interesting battles in the middle of the pack because everyone wanted points in this last race. Checo was highlighted, so that leaves it out as well. But... Amazing, amazing season. Amazing race. I, I, I've literally not seen a more, more action-packed race in my life. And that's a lot of F1 being watched, mind you. <laughs> so, credit where it's due, man. Max, as much as people talk about his personality, <clears throat> fuzz, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> all of that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, oof, what a driver. Uh, he he honestly he would have only had himself to blame if he didn't win the championship because of his absurd aggressive driving at times like in qualifying the uh, unnecessary additional push that he makes on a lot of occasions but that comes with maturity i guess we'll see a different i'm sure we'll see a different max in two three years time at least he's better than his dad was. His dad was a nightmare. So <laughs> I think uh, he's got the temper from his dad, though. I think, yeah, I think, his, dad's, still, I think his dad's still is kind of a dick. Um, he, no, yeah. no, he is. 
but yeah no just like you said like i've i've mentioned this before on this podcast as well like you know i do not like max verstappen obviously has bags of talent he's one easily one of the best drivers on the grid and you know this season objectively proves that but i just did not like the level of arrogance and you know just the level of cockiness that he had like you can't that's why i was like you know you can't be talking big if you haven't won anything and you're not going to win stuff if you're just like you know just all all talk so i think this season like my perspective of that really shifted my perspective of max verstappen really shifted because i saw what a you know what a level headed person he he has become at least in this season like you know uh, the the conversation at the start of the season was like oh can max handle the pressure has he he's never you know challenged for a championship he's challenged for race wins yes he's won races before but with fighting for a world title is a whole different ball game right it's so many like orders of magnitude higher in intensity and i like i was amazed with how intense this season was how close the season was and he didn't seem to be phased by it like the level of like mental capacity it takes to be focused on a task like that and not being you know not taking it in a like not getting emotionally charged and stuff like that is takes an insane amount of like mental strength and that's what i saw from both i mean we've seen that from lewis in the past because lewis kind of come on literally he's used to it he's been fighting for these things for the past 15 years almost and so we expect that from him and like yes he's a graceful loser and stuff like that because like okay he's one he's not insecure about oh shit how do i lose and stuff like that but with like the attitude kind of max had i think there's like things to learn from that like without sounding very like cliche or something just the fact that they they would have accepted the result anyone would have accepted the result in the sense that yes i gave it my everything but it didn't work out i think that's a great attitude to have in general right like you if you've given it your everything and it still doesn't work out then what can you do like it's just not meant to be right you can't you can't get frustrated about that that like yes it's fair but it's fair to be like a little angry but yes like look at it uh, from the perspective if you couldn't have done anything more than that's it like you just got out done so that's fine um yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's what shifted my perspective of max this year that's why i was kind of rooting for him by the end and also i didn't want hamilton to win an eighth but obviously like massive respect to both of them so it was and- it was yeah, it was a good like a lot of learning this season and like obviously like i said uh, for a neutral this was probably the most uh, most exciting thing ever um a lot of my friends thanks to drive to survive got converted to watching f1 and like for the first time i have more than like one or two people to talk to about it and it's great i freaking love that feeling like just like being able to share that passion with other people is amazing So the race here I live on the west coast and it was the final race was at 5 in the morning. I still had two friends pull up and watch you know the race from beginning to the end at 5 in the morning and it was just like that would have I couldn't have dreamt of that happening and it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. I I can completely admit to being someone who's who's I, I followed F1 and knew what was going on but definitely yeah. watch it following way more because of drive to survive. Mm-hmm. So I can completely um admit to that and you you make a you know one of the things that you know max will always be well, i think he's always going to have that edge of aggressiveness but the one thing that we kind of love about max also is that he wants to win it on the track there's very little of him wanting to win it through off the track like hey let's try and get the 5 seconds horner will always do that and every team boss is going to try and do it but verstappen's always trying to win on the track and obviously with that he becomes sometimes excessively aggressive that's a problem the one thing i want to also quickly 
remind viewers of Mercedes did challenge the result, which I think was kind of yeah. stupid. They did challenge the result twice because only because I think if Hamilton did win it that way, it would just be such a huge stain on the way to win it, right? I still think Hamilton will get his eighth. In my opinion, he's gonna get his eighth, but possibly, maybe not. With we'll see in twenty twenty two how things change. Um, but I also love Mazar and Fu saying from the perspective of a neutral fan wearing a Ferrari cap and a Ferrari <laughs> jacket, how they both talked about from the neutral fan's perspective. But it's true. It is true. Yeah, basically um, neutral fans this season because this season neutral fans, of course. I mean, you have two of the most neutral drivers I've seen. They yeah, literally were almost. <laughs> It's like I mean, imagine watching the Premier League from a United fans' perspective, where City and Liverpool are fighting it out. Like you don't want either of them to win. You don't want Pep to win three in a row, and you don't want Liverpool to win their first in fucking thirty years. Like, what do you do? It's fine. Like you just have to pick the you know the worst of two evils, the less worst of two evils, I guess. Yeah, that's been Arsenal fans for eighteen years now. So and yeah, we, I can that, empathize with that. Yeah, and hope that Benotto slash Olegan Asosia can do something next year, and. Yeah, so it is what it is. Like we just deal, we just go. We 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 have to stay loyal. I guess. I guess that's that's <laughs> good quality, right? Um, Completely fair. Yeah, ladies, if your guy is a Ferrari fan, that's it. Just marry him because if he's still a Ferrari fan, then he's not gonna leave. <laughs> this is terrible advice. <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> that way, that way, no Arsenal for Arsenal supporter should ever be single. Yeah. <laughs> Period. So, was with that, let's get into this. Let's get into the overall. You know, we talked a lot already about the overall season, yeah. but we, we, we for so many years, the F1 community and you know us as well. You know, in our conversations previously, have whined and whined about not having any closeness at the top. Right? We've talked about how there's obviously a lot of in the mid table. There's a lot of competitiveness, but just at the top, hasn't been too much. This year, obviously, made up for that massively. Personally, I was pretty surprised. I thought it might come more in 2022 with the rule changes. But incredible, incredible year. Maz, I'll go to you on this one. Biggest surprise of the year. What was special about this F1 season for you? Oh, I'm not really sure. Like, I wanted to say Lando. But I wouldn't say... Like, I, I don't call that a surprise. I genuinely have always... Rated Lando supremely highly. Yes, I know the English media hype was there, so he's done an incredible job to deal with that. And because generally we've seen how people across sports, English, the English across sports struggle because of just the media hounding them. He's he's honestly done incredibly well. He made Ricardo look like shit, man. Let's face that. And Ricardo's not a bad driver, but. Yeah, fine. It took Ricardo some time as well to get settled, but still, man, he left everyone else for dead. So that's why I wouldn't call him a surprise. What I will say is, I was surprised by how competitive the field was in general. Like, it's not often where you see the this massive, massive fight going on, and you're you're uncertain about who where people will finish in terms of the constructors. You generally always have a fair idea. Yes, in the past we saw Force India now obviously scrap, but we saw them also like sort of changing that entire fold of how the constructors is looked at in the middle of the pack, breaking into that. Suddenly you you were seeing Perez finish in the points and seeing different racers always make it there and suddenly making podiums as well. But this time I felt like McLaren and Ferraris 
fight as well in that middle of the pack made it really really interesting what i was surprised by was how leclerc performed uh i think he could have definitely have done better yes people talk about the car and all of that but i thought sainz was very consistent in the way he performed and the way he was driving i thought leclerc is definitely a much better driver than he showed too many dnfs for my liking um so i think that that was surprising so it was like like so it was in a negative sort of aspect that i was surprised more than a positive i think a biggest surprise was obviously uh throughout the season for me was how max held his nerve more often than not i think so so for a, from a positive standpoint i would say that but yeah for me the biggest surprise was leclerc not performing mm-hmm. you know to that point I, f1 is such a special sport because there's so much passive aggressive tension that exists in this sport i mean even that podium at the end it's so uncomfortable dude it's like verstappen pouring champagne on horner he kind of turns around he basically didn't turn around to the other two for like the longest time there's so much tension that exists and it is nice to see when verstappen who's obviously known as a hotted in the car at least has always maintained his composure fuz what about you man the biggest surprises big takeaways from the season um <clears throat> biggest surprises yeah i think uh, mazar hit the nail on the head where leclerc like i i i'm going to say it in a positive manner where carlos i would perform leclerc like i don't think leclerc had a terrible season or anything i think he just performed as you would have expected he finished what fifth or sixth in the championship Um, science fifth, uh, science fifth. Uh, yeah leclerc seventh. seventh yeah yeah so leclerc was 7th in the championship yeah okay uh, that's a little little bit disappointing but you know ferrari didn't have the strongest car at the start of the season they did develop out develop mclaren halfway through the season and with the upgrades and stuff they pulled off a few decent results and you could argue leclerc was a bit unlucky with you know his monaco incident where he couldn't start the race on pole um i'm still a little pissed about the fact that uh, hamilton's penalty at silverstone wasn't enough to you know still have leclerc in the lead um just i, I think i think leclerc just leclerc's position is more a product of you know not having the best car you know because we've seen like honestly like two years ago we've seen him having the best car on the grid or like a competitive car on the grid and him outperforming literally everyone him outperforming mercedes um monza 2019 go watch that if you haven't um one of the one of my favorite races of all time easily um but yeah i want to spin it in positive manner because i would not have expected signs to outperform leclerc but signs did signs outperformed his old team and his new teammate i think that's the best sort of metric for any driver like that would have been a goal like i think beating his teammate would have been a goal or even matching his teammate beating mclaren would have been like you know an additional goal and he's like crossed off both of them so i think signs had an incredible season i think that was a, a pleasant surprise for me um yeah um i think i was also impressed with how well alpine did this year um they won a race uh, can be like that's more than i can say about ferrari as well um they went and won a race at hungary with ocon grabbing his first win that was amazing as well um uh, fernando ended up getting a podium but you know so el plan worked eventually um so it was yeah it was nice seeing alpine um i would say the the surprises on the negative side was i was surprised by how little ricardo was able to do in the new mclaren like i think the mclaren wasn't a bad car obviously they were fighting for third in the constructors which is you know the best of the rest um i think ricardo other than his one monza performance where they finished 1 2 again incredible race um i think ricardo like kind of 
did not meet what I would have expected uh, of him this season. Um, he was like completely outshadowed by Lando Norris. And, you know, we talk about, you know, it takes time to get used to the new car, you new mechanics and things like that. Yes, it does. But then again, you have the example of Sainz who he did all of that and beat his teammate and beat his old team. So I think that's the impressive part for me. So those are those are the two things I would not have expected going into the season. I wouldn't have necessarily predicted. Like they're not outlandish or anything. But yeah, I wouldn't have outright called that. Like completely agree. Not outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, no. I, 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 I was gonna say I, I will admit I was a little bit surprised too. I definitely was someone who predicted Ricardo would finish above Lando. Um, this season, I, 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 we knew he would have growing troubles at the start, but we just thought he would sort of make up for it. And he definitely did make up for it in the second half of the season, but couldn't make up for the gap. And, and what was nice about Lando is Lando's historically, I mean, he's a young driver, but two seasons of history, been a historically good starter, kind of falling off as you go through the year. That didn't happen with Lando Norris this year. He actually stayed reasonably consistent through the year. So pretty, pretty good, pretty good year for Lando for sure. With that, you know, kind of on this conversation of drivers, guys, I'm going to veto you choosing any Ferrari drivers because I feel like that's where the tendency would go to. Who is your favorite driver of the year? You know, sometimes best driver, it could be a combination of being the best driver of the year and your favorite, right? Because best is likely between Max and it's probably a competition between Max and Lewis. But maybe that and a mix of, you know, who's your favorite? Who did you enjoy the most this season? Go for it, Faz. I think it's a very hard pick between Vettel and Alonso. There's no Ferrari bias there at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard not to see Alonso. Alonso is completely hard not to see. Yeah, Alonso, like, I genuinely like Alonso. Like, obviously, he's a two-time world champion as well. And, you know, I just like how... Um, I like how he's not diplomatic at all and how anti-Lewis he is as well. Like, I just like how he's more, like, not outright, but he's like vocal about it. Like, you know, um, uh, he was like very clear in support of Max and stuff like that. And then even during the safety car stuff in the last race, he was like, uh, like when they, when they said, oh, they're not going to let the cars unlap themselves. And he just laughed it off and he's like, yeah, of course, because... You know, it's like, because, yeah, so speaking of that safety car as well, like if they hadn't let all the cars unlap themselves, it would have been advantage Lewis. If they did let, let the car unlap themselves and go put the safety car in, it was, it was advantage Max. So I think it was, the, it was obviously the wrong call um, because it was a, like, giving the advantage to one or the other. Um, but yeah, so I think like, I really enjoy watching whatever interactions Fernando Alonso has. Like, I just like, that is one of the drivers I like to observe on, on how he's doing. And Sebastian Vettel as well. Like, freaking love Vettel, man. Like, what a model human being as well. So, uh, I think those are my two picks. So, if I had to pick one absolutely gun to my head, I would go with Alonso. Mas, who you got? I'm a bit torn between two. Uh, but I think I'll go with this, the, the latter. I was torn between Sergio Perez and Pierre Gasly. Mm. But I'm going to go with Pierre Gasly. Uh no, I think it's incredible what he's done with that Alpha Tori. Christian Horner so, would disagree with you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 110 points is no joke in that car. And and just testament to how good he is was that, like, I mean, Yuki was the number two driver in that and he got 32 points. So that's a massive margin. I know, I know these cars work very differently when you're the number one and number two driver in the smaller teams. But still, um, 
credit where it's due 110 points is no joke so for me pierre gasly for sure I was going to say a different I mean you guys covered the two others I had locked and loaded which is Fernando Alonso um and uh, no it was going to be Sergio Perez or Fernando Alonso so I guess I talk a bit about Perez like you said I think just Red Bull's always been sort of in search of a perfect partner to Max Verstappen and I think they just found him right I think they I think Danny Ricardo was actually a great partner as well they would have loved to keep him if he had stayed on and since then they've obviously tried to fill his boots with fill that place with Pierre Gasly didn't work out Alex Albon didn't work out. Um Sergio Perez is perfect. He will get you a whole lot of points. He'll make sure you're competitive in the constructors championship, but he will at no point outshine Verstappen unless Verstappen crashes out and then he can uh, he can shine through. So absolutely perfect teammate. Uh Red Bull kind of knocked it out of the park and I'm really happy for Sergio Perez, right? He's a guy who's obviously at the latter end of his career. It's great that he's being able to race in a top 2 team. He's really deserved that. after the career that he's had and um it's exciting that he's going to get us to finish his career or maybe at least the last few seasons of his career is going to be at a pretty solid uh, team and he works perfectly in the system guys favorite race of the year there are a few i mean i think there are a couple of the latter end that were pretty pretty damn hard but i don't know which ones you know the, there was a long season uh buzz i'll go to you first favorite race of the season the saudi arabian grand prix just simply because of what it led us to right um, it meant that both go into the last race it's literally a final race off you can't write the script you just can't exactly same points like it could have easily like it could have been that max din get the fastest lap in that race as well and that one point difference is still there but to go in exactly level on points final shootout at Abu Dhabi oh my god and and the way in which lewis came back from the dead to go on and win that race brilliant master stroke by mercedes there obviously no questioning how good lewis is as a driver so not surprised but wow man it just set it up so well that's why i think that uh, not necessarily as a race but just the the sort of importance it had for the season and what it took us into makes that the most memorable race for me at least that was going to be my answer as well absolutely epic race obviously so a little bit of controversy with the 5 second penalty and then having to give in the position back both to max verstappen but i think in the end either way lewis hamilton had fresh tires he would have taken verstappen either way he drove phenomenally that day fuz who do you what race do you have oh that's a, it's actually a tough call um So I would normally pick Spa Francorchamps like the Belgian Grand Prix as my favorite but then they fucking butchered it with the laps under the safety car and half points because of the rain. I mean it was raining to be fair. Um that's usually a good spectacle to watch but I, okay I'm going to go with uh, an unexpected pick. I think I like Bahrain the first race of the season the most because that kind of set the stage with, with of what this was going to be because obviously the expectation going into the first race of the season was going to be oh Lewis Hamilton is going to win, win an eighth championship this year and Mercedes is going to dominate again and you know so um the fact that that kind of blew it out of the water because okay yeah Lewis did win that race but barely barely won that race like Max like came at him and you know took a like that was the first time i saw red bull take a fight to mercedes like yeah we're here like we're just letting you know i'm there you know um so yeah i th- i want to pick that because of the surprise factor i was like holy shit if the next 22 are going to be anything like this we're in for an insane season and you know that's what ended up happening so yeah that that that, that would be my pick 
Fuz, I want to give you the award for perfect lead-in because my next question is about the F1 2022 season. So that's a, a, a perfect lead-in to it. Obviously, F, you know, there were supposed to be changes this year. It got pushed to the next year because of COVID-19. Going to be some car changes. They're going to update, make updates to the car to improve down first. There's going to be overwheel winglets, spending rules. The spending rules will be updated to ensure closer racing. Um, it's going to be 18-inch wheels. Front wing and nose concept have been rethought. By the way, for those of you who don't know, F1's website's phenomenal. They give you such great articles. I'm literally scrolling through and hitting each of them because there's so much going on for next season. Um, there's, there's a whole lot going on. It's going to be a change. Everyone knew that you know F1 2022 is going to be a big rule change season. A lot of teams basically preparing for that, knowing the grid is hopefully going to be closer. That's the entire goal that the FIA had with the rule changes. They want the grid to be closer. Guys, I want one crazy guess for next year. We haven't seen the cars. We obviously knew, we, we have no idea how they're going to perform. Absolutely. But just based on whatever, intuition, feeling, gut, one prediction for next season, something exciting, something fun. Williams, you know, finishes in the top five. I don't know. Anything like that. Anything crazy. Don't go as far as Williams. That I, I, Any other guess? <laughs> Outlandish guess. If you want one from me, I'm going to say Haas will not be dead last. Haas will not be a minute off the pace. I think Haas will finish eighth or ninth in the constructors. That is my, like, I mean, it sounds outlandish, but, you know, I think based on the rules, if I remember correctly, I think they get most uh, development time. I think they get most time with the wind tunnels and stuff. So they will actually benefit from it. Um, I believe they basically spent no money developing this year's car. Like they just completely, literally uh, gave up. So they've spent time developing next year's car. I think Ferrari has also spent a lot of time. I mean, all of them have, because I remember uh, Toto Wolf saying at uh, Monaco that, oh, we've stopped development on this this year's car completely. And then comes in with a fresh engine with four races to go. Yeah, so obviously it's probably going to be a big reshuffle. It's it's honestly impossible to predict because the grid is already so close. You can't really, you know, like if on top of that is going to, if there's going to be a reshuffle, if we don't know what what's going to happen, it's impossible to predict. Um, but I think like Haas will not be dead last. Like at least they'll they'll at least have a slightly competitive car. Like you know, not one that's going out in to 19th and 20th every Q1 and finishing 19th and like finishing like a minute and a half or three laps behind the pack every race. Fair enough, Maz. So the one good rule change is no tracing point will happen again. So <laughs> that that's that that there's a strict policy on that. So I don't know how they'll keep that in check, but let's see. But um something a strong claim for next year. Great Britain one two. Great Britain one two. Fair enough. I'm gonna actually up you and say, uh, well, maybe not Great Britain one two three, but I think Lando breaks into the top three next season. I think uh, bold prediction. Probably gonna be wrong if you go back in my episodes. Pretty much ninety five percent of my predictions have been wrong so far. So <laughs> unlikely this one's gonna come right. But something just short about. So if that if mine and Mus works out, it'll be a one two three. Uh, one, two, three from the UK, which will be um, might be a little bit annoying because of the bias that already exists in F1 towards UK drivers. <laughs> uh, but with that, thank you so much, Fuz. Thank you so much, Maz. Great season of F1. Great chatting with you all about the great season in F1. Excited for F1, you know, the 2022 season. It's going to be very, very exciting again. Hopefully, the rule changes bring teams closer as FIA is hoping for. Do leave a like, share, and subscribe if you did enjoy this episode. We cover a whole lot of sports outside of Formula 1 as well. Make sure to check out our channel. 
Um, and yeah, make sure to check us out next week again when we're back with a whole new episode. Take care, stay safe, and catch you next week. See ya. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a like and share it with anyone else who might be interested. You can also subscribe on any social media platform that you prefer, and all our links are in the bio. We also have a website with all our episodes as well as blogs and a whole lot of other sports content. So make sure to check that out as well.